Get Ready with Tony Stewart podcast. I'm pleased to be joined today by Tracy Bissell. In this episode, we'll be discussing Tracy's podcast, Young Money, and the concept of financial fitness. Tracy, welcome to Get Ready. Thanks so much, Tony. It's my pleasure to be here with you today. I'm really excited to have you on today. Uh, So before we get into our discussion, here's a little bit of information about Tracy. Tracy Bissett is the founder of Bissett Financial Fitness Incorporated. Tracy is on a mission to redefine the world's economic future by increasing the financial literacy of entrepreneurs, also known as financial fitness. Tracy helps her clients understand and improve their level of financial fitness with a goal of increased confidence using their financial skills so they can be successful in their financial lives. So Tracy, let's get started. Uh, Can you please share a little bit more about yourself and how you got started in personal finance? Well, I was really fortunate. I grew up in a family where my dad was a banker. So we had money discussions ever since I was a little girl. Uh, And it was something we regularly talked about and learned about um, because it's not taught very well in Canada where I live. And so having that foundation from my family. And I learned at a really young age that I particularly loved money. I wanted money. I want, I like the things money could do. And so I, I would go to my mom and say, can I have 25 cents to go to the corner store? And she would say, okay, today you can, but that's it for the week. We have money, but not for that. So I realized pretty quickly, if I wanted to go to the store and get some candies and treats and things every day, I was going to have to find a way to make some money. So at the age of like six and seven years old, I'm outside brainstorming ways I can make money. So having a lemonade stand, um, selling some of my belongings, Uh, my friend and I, we would uh, charge kids to play with us. So for the parents, it was like babysitting. Uh, As well, we started a, a little community newspaper for our neighborhood Uh, so every day we could come up with something and so it probably wasn't a totally rational thought at that point but I could see that when you have money you can do stuff and it wasn't that I wanted to hoard the money I just wanted to get what money could buy me so I learned that lesson really young and I think that because I was fortunate to have that such a good grounding um, to have that knowledge when I was a kid and it continued to grow with me uh, I think when you have that I think it's a kind of one thing you should share it with others uh, to me knowledge of personal finance and and um financial matters and money matters in general, it's a fundamental life skill to have that knowledge. To me, it's akin to having a driver's license, to being able to swim. It's things you need to know in your life. And so because I was so fortunate, I feel really compelled to share that with others. Well, that's great. And I think that's so important. What you bring up is, you know, as a child, it's, this should be a fundamental life skill uh, that's taught through the educational system. So, that's great. The traditional lemonade stand. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what is your basic financial philosophy? Uh, so f- for me, everybody is starting on their journey wherever they are. I, I kind of coined the phrase financial fitness. I think it brings with it a lot of positivity um, versus financial literacy, where you're automatically starting with you're illiterate about money. And so I like to come at it from the positive, And I believe everyone is starting wherever they are. So wherever you are, you need to embrace it and you need to move forward on this financial fitness journey. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to step off the path and and, uh, have some missteps, but that's okay. You need to be kind to yourself in the process. And for me, if we kind of equate it to physical fitness, you might be at a starting place. We're going to take first step off the couch, walk around the block. 
that's going to be your first step in physical fitness. You could be learning about bank accounts, budgets, anything on the, the financial fitness side. As well as if we're more advanced, we could be training for a marathon physically and be learning more sophisticated ways to do investing on the financial side. So wherever you are is a great place to start. Everyone can learn more. There's always new stuff happening. Um, so don't be ashamed of where you're starting. Embrace it and try to increase your knowledge every day. And the key is really take some imperfect actions every day. Even if you do one thing that teaches you something that you didn't know yesterday, you're on that journey and you're moving forward, which I think is key. Wow. I, I really like that. And I, I think that's such a great point about financial literacy and the implications, uh, because I, I think, as you point out, it is more about financial fitness. You know, when you go to the doctor and if they tell you to start exercising, they're all, you know, it's, it's small steps, not run a marathon tomorrow. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. It, it's realistic. Uh, so that's great. Um, so why do you feel financial fitness is important? Well, financial matters affect every single aspect of your life. It affects your physical health. If you're stressed about money, you're going to feel it. If you don't have enough money, you're probably not eating well. So it affects your physical health. Certainly affects anxiety, stress levels. It can then impact all of the relationships that you have, whether direct people in your family, outside of your family, um, as well as if you're running a business too, it's going to, if you, that comes with you there and you have that, that lack of financial knowledge or lack of confidence in yourself, um, you're not going to be able to run your business as well. And so I think if we're embracing it like a fundamental life skill, the sooner we master that, the easier it is to accomplish any goals that we have. It kind of tames down any concerns or any problems that might surface because of money and all those other aspects I mentioned. And so once we've got that, we can then focus on what is it we want to do in our life and not worry about the money piece. That's great. That's, that's so important. Um, I love what you're saying. I, I love this outlook because it's a little bit different than most people in the financial literacy community. And I think that's great is that, uh, you know, it's important because different people learn in different ways. So it's great that you present something a little bit different uh, than the traditional uh, model. So that's fantastic. So you're doing some great work with your podcast. Um, do you want to share a little bit about your podcast, Young Money? Sure. So Young Money with Tracy Bissett, it's the advice show for young millionaires in the making. And it's really geared towards ages 18 to 30 ish. Uh, there's going to be some younger people who listen, some older people. I've got lots of parents and grandparents who listen to and then pass on episodes that they think are particularly relevant for the young millionaires in the making in their lives. And the goal is really to make it interesting, make it fun, take the mystery out of money. And, um, in probably 99% of the episodes, I'm not telling people what to do. I'm providing a framework, some guidance, some questions to pose to yourself. A couple of times I'm going to say, don't do this ever, um, because I feel really strongly about that, um, such as taking out payday loans would be an example of something I'd be like, if you can never take one out, that would be ideal. Um, but it's all around getting people to change their perception or their um, view on their ability to do things related to money. So by giving people questions and ways they can come to decisions on their own, it allows them to be confident in charge of their financial situation. So 
when I started the podcast, I never would have imagined I would have enjoyed it so much. I absolutely love having it. And uh, before that, I was not doing any, any video or audio speaking where everything was recorded. So certainly a learning curve, but I'm so glad that I, that I started it. And it's been around since um, 2016. So we've got, wow, so, we've got so, 17. <laughs> sorry, we're hitting our three-year anniversary. So Wow, that's that's almost old school for podcasting. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm relatively new, um, but I, I think you know I I can see that it really ties into your theme with financial fitness. Is that it, it's not really about the you know taking the big steps; it's about that little step, uh, the incrementalism, and that's so important. And that people have the freedom to do it in their own way. Yeah, everybody's so got I, different. I Everyone's got different financial goals. Something that's important to me, which I didn't obviously get to do in 2020, was go to a lot of live concerts. Um, most people would say that I'm crazy, that I would spend the amount of money I do going to so many shows. But for me, that's fun. I'm living within my means. I can do whatever I want with my money. And everybody gets that freedom um, to decide what's important to them, what their goals are going to be, and how they get there. That's great. I, I think that's such important advice. And I wish more people would take that to heart. You, you hear so many people in personal finance talk about, you have to give up your daily Starbucks coffee. And, you know, my point is, well, if you like Starbucks, you know, why give it up, you know, figure out what else you can give up. That's right. It's all about, um, you can have everything, but probably not at the same time. So figure out kind of the order you want to do things. Um, what's most important to you. If you're, you have a family, what's important to your family. If you're running a business, what's your business going to need? Um, and, and everything is possible. And it's important that um, you get your mind open to that. Uh, the majority of people on the planet have a scarcity mindset. So there's going to feel like there's never enough money to do what you want. So if you can start being grateful, thinking about what you're happy about and how you can accomplish your goals, you're going to see a little bit of a switch in your mind and things are going to seem easier and more possible. Still hard work to, to get there, but um, I don't want to diminish the, the, the actual steps you've got to take, um, but everything is within people's reach if they've got a plan. Well, I, I think that's important is um, you, you hit on it, um, that people need to have a plan and prioritize and write out uh, their goals and think about it is, you know, that it's not necessarily one thing, it's what's important to you. Uh, so that that's great. And the other thing um, that you hit on is that scarcity uh, mindset is that I, I, I've seen studies done with people have, you know, what seems to me like a tremendous amount of money, and they still don't feel financially secure. Absolutely. So, it's however you're programmed to think about things. And we form our views around money when we're very young, five, six, seven years of age. And so I've had a young girl, five years old, tell me that money is evil. Imagine really? what happens in her house that makes her believe that when she's five years old. And she's not going to change her gut instinct to anything that happens around money unless she consciously decides to do that later in life. So however you start is really how you're going to go through life. Uh, unless you, you focus on it, if you don't like your reactions, you don't like the way you approach things, you have to actively make some change. And then just imagine you come together with a partner, you're going to create a family. If you're coming from two different perspectives, you're probably going to have a lot of... Uh, confrontations or unpleasantness around money because you're 
you both have your instinctive reactions that are different. So, um, so important to think about where do we come from and, and do we want to behave like that? Do we want those to be our reactions or do we want to live our lives a little bit differently? That's great. That's important. And, you know, I can reflect on my own marriage and see that, you know, we haven't always seen quite <laughs> eye, eye on everything. <laughs> I guess it's part of marriage, right? Yeah. Um, so how do you feel that uh, Young Money helps promote financial fitness and financial literacy? I think because I try to tie it in uh, sometimes to current events, um, I usually have an episode around the Super Bowl and around the musical talents. And I think we can learn about money from pretty much anything. Uh, any topic you would throw at me, I can probably relate it to money somehow. So I, I think it's getting away from the really kind of dry textbook stuff that we might have seen in the past and make it interesting because if people take away one thing they can action from every episode, I'm doing my job, I think. And it's such a privilege to be able to do that. And um, I found since I've started the podcast really increases my creativity um, because I'm trying to bring in whatever I think of and, and make a show about it. Um, one show I did was about um, kind of, are you a financial bully? And the inspiration came to me. I'm at Sephora. I was trying in line, trying to buy something and I can hear two women behind me in line. And one's trying to pressure the other one to increase her line of credit to renovate her house. So it looks as nice as her house. And the, the, the first woman says, well, you know, we're already kind of maxed out. We're having trouble making our payments. I don't, I don't think that sounds like a good idea. And the financial bully kind of kept after her. So there's lots of peer pressure out there. And so if we can tie it into situations that people are actually going to encounter um, and see in their lives, then they can learn actually how to deal with it. And, and I think that's the key, having um, open dialogue around money and the issues that it can bring and the problems that sometimes surface, and then all the good stuff that you can do as well. It just breaks some of that barrier or stigma around it. Well, that's great. And I think there are, for some people, there, there is that desire that you have to go bigger mm -hmm. and better. And then, you know, I think about Warren Buffett, who still lives, what, in his four-bedroom house in Omaha, Nebraska, and he could probably afford a whole state if he wanted. Yeah, I mean, he's he wouldn't be who you probably imagine when you think of uh, somebody with that much money. Like in your head, you're probably going to picture some celebrity who looks flashy and does all these flashy things and you see them traveling everywhere and has 10 homes. Um, so it's getting in check your view of what somebody who's financially fit looks like with what that actually is in real life. And anybody uh, can look wealthy, but they're probably not. And when you're on the financial education side, I do a lot of coaching with individuals and, and entrepreneurs. I know the numbers. I know that most of the people that I, I see in my life who look wealthy generally are not. Yeah. Well, what's uh, that old book, uh, The Wealthy Millionaire Next Door? I think yeah. it was. We talk about that. See, yeah. The secret millionaire next door. Uh, most people that's who it. are wealthy, they don't look wealthy and that's why they are. They're not trying to chase some image that they can show on social media and get people uh, jealous of them. They're just focused on what's important to them and hitting their goals. Definitely. But I think that's important. It's, it's focusing on your own goals and what's important to you. And, and I know that's a theme here. Um, so what I also found really fascinating about what you're doing is that you have the Young Money Scholarship Fund. Can you tell us uh, what is the Young Money Scholarship Fund? 
So I believe one of the ways that you can take control of your financial fitness is obviously getting through. To me, it's obvious when you can have access to education past high school. So whether it's college, whether it's in university, whatever it is you're going to do, um, I think that's a barrier to people becoming uh, self-sufficient financially. And so um, this year, I was fortunate to be able to launch the Young Money Scholarship Fund. Proceeds come from my business, uh, primarily from the work I do with entrepreneurs. And we were able to fund um, we're just in the process of finaling the no- finalizing the numbers it's going to be between five and seven scholarships um, they're not a huge amount but they're a little bit that will help students either buy a couple textbooks maybe pay for a course that they need to take and for me the key criteria um, because I think if you're um, going to have a, a great life you're giving back to others as well whether it's with your time your talent or your treasures or your money it doesn't need to be with money uh, so this the essay question I asked them was tell me in 250 words how you've helped someone accomplish their goal because it was important to me that somebody be able to access that fund um, was having similar values to me as well as sharing a little bit of information about what they're going to do in their life and so it wasn't for the students with the highest grades or the most volunteer hours or by financial need but where kind of the values aligned with with me and my company so really excited it's going to continue and um, we had a objective committee and it was really interesting when they were evaluating the applications because I split them in half and the people who were reviewing each half actually came up with pretty much the same winners and so it's really validating when you give people little guidance here read these two essay questions and pick who you think is most deserving Uh, so really exciting for me and I'm happy that we'll be able to continue it in the future to help post-secondary students and it's for students who study in Canada you don't need to be a Canadian citizen but you do need to study in Canada. That's great and I love that it's values-based I I think that's so often missed um, you know in relationships and society is that, you know, so much of it is numerical driven or, uh, you know, objective, like what's your GPA, how many service hours should be done. And we don't talk about values and standards and principles. And that's so much more important um, for success and everything else. So that's, that's wonderful. There's actually um, some research out there that shows, and a friend of mine has coined the term, the middle 60. So 20% of the scholarships go to the high grades people, 20% go to the lower income who need financial assistance. And then that leaves that 60% in the middle who usually don't qualify. Uh, So I was trying to get money into the hands of people who probably they didn't qualify for financial assistance, but everyone can use some um, and kind of bring it out, come at it from that values angle, like you, you mentioned. Yeah, exactly. Well, and so much of it doesn't take into account, I think, other factors, too. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area where things are crazy expensive. And so what might be regarded as mm-hmm. a high income in middle America is minimum wage out here yeah. uh, just because the cost of living is so high. So that, that's great that you're trying to hit that middle ground because I think it gets overlooked so often. Absolutely. And so many families, they might hit the income threshold, but we don't know how many children they have. We don't know what their financial obligations are. And so there might not actually be any money for school, even though on paper, just like you said, uh, should work out. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So you always have to go beyond the numbers. Um, And and I think that's an important lesson as well, is that it's more, 
you have to think about the numbers and what they mean. And I think that gets into your whole philosophy um, that it's about making changes and in incremental steps rather than striving for a goal, setting your own goals. So now that we've talked about this, let's, let's talk about, you know, and I think you're well on the way on this is how do you feel we can improve financial literacy? I think it should be taught at every single grade in school. I think that from before you even go, if you're in kindergarten, you're even in uh, preschool, there's things that you can learn. Um, kids know so much um, and we want them to learn the right things. So I think having a dedicated effort to having some curriculum at every single level. Um, I mentioned in Canada, we do a, a relatively poor job of educating our students while they're in elementary or high school or junior high. Um, the, the province that I live in, I'm in Toronto, uh, in Ontario, Canada, and they've launched a new program in grade 10. A lot of stuff happens already in your life before you're in grade 10. So I think that we want to have those age appropriate lessons. Um, I think it's unfair often when the education system points back at parents and says that, okay, parents, that's your job because nobody taught the parents and it's unfair to expect them to have the knowledge to be able to teach their children. If they do, that's wonderful, but we should have a formal system in place. Um, there's such great programs out there too. I'm a huge fan of the junior achievement program, which brings programs into schools at younger grades kind of one-off but when you're in high school a company program where you can actually come together with other students at your school and make a company and for me I was involved with that and that was pretty uh eye-opening it, it fueled kind of my interest in entrepreneurship it taught me how to do sales we had some really stupid products that we sold I have to say uh, back in the day but I went around and I tried to sell them and people would buy them. And I don't think they bought them because they were the greatest products. I, I persuaded them. So mm -hmm. all those kinds of skills that will help you um, have a productive life. It all comes when you have that, that exposure to and confidence in and around money. So start with the education system uh, is where I'd like to see reform. And then if um, there's other organizations like Junior Achievement, um, get involved with them for anybody who's listening. If you have kids, get them involved as soon as they can so they can get exposed and, and they're going to come back to you with questions and it's okay to say you don't know and you guys can learn together. That's great. That That's wonderful. Is that financial literacy should be woven through curriculum. And we have the same problem in the United States. It's not part of the educational system. It's, it's sort of hodgepodge. Maybe it's taught in a math class here, or there, but, you know, for such a core skill, it, it really should be part of the training. But mm -hmm. yeah, I think we have a ways to go on that one, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, but we'll keep the, keep the dialogue going and get people interested in it and try to make change as we go forward. Yep. I guess just like your plan, it's all incremental. Yeah. <laughs> With that, we could have a wholesale change. That would be welcome. But uh, I don't think one individual has got the power to do that necessarily. Yeah, definitely. Unfortunately not. Um, so what's your number one tip on being financially prepared? Uh, it is um, to take those small forward actions and to be kind to yourself in the process. So try to learn something new every day. We've never been in a better age to learn about money, about personal finance, about business finance. There are so many different podcasts out there just like this one. Uh, there are blogs, there are YouTube videos, like go and find somebody that you connect with and that 
you understand them. Um, if people tune into my podcast and maybe I'm not the right fit for them, I'm okay with that. They're going to go and find somebody who does speak in a way that they get. And so find that person for you. Um, it's always helpful to make use of outside professionals as well as you um, get going with a financial plan and, and you're, you're working or you have your own business. So don't feel like you need to do it all alone and make sure you, you vet them get referrals from friends and family. Um, it's almost like dating. You've got to check out a couple to find the one that speaks to you in a way that you're comfortable, that you know you can ask questions. And so be kind to yourself through the whole process and, and keep moving forward. Yeah, well, education is always at its core. But what I really like about what you said and what I'm trying to do with this podcast now is by talking to so many financial literacy thought leaders is so people can listen to thought leaders and get a sense of, who fits our style? Because, you know, somebody might say, hey, you know, financial fitness really motivates me. I love the concept. And so hopefully they'll tune into the Young Money podcast. Uh, so, yeah, it's wonderful. So um, I'm going to post uh, links in our show notes. Uh, but can you tell us a little bit more about where people can learn more about you? Absolutely. And so because I've talked about all this forward action, I do have a gift for your audience. Uh, so if you want to head over to cashcoach.biz, you can download a money meeting agenda that will help you put a routine in place um, in your personal finances or your business finances so that you can know where to start because often people will tell me they don't know where to start. So cashcoach.biz, uh, you can get that money meeting agenda that's going to bring you to my website. And then the best place, I would love it if anybody has questions or comments would be to reach out to me on LinkedIn. So Tracy has an E and Bissett has two S's, two T's. So I'd love to hear from anybody listening. Fantastic. And of course, for our listeners, um, those will be in our show notes. And um, Tracy, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's been wonderful. Thanks so much, Tony. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, please be sure to subscribe to the Get Ready with Tony Stewart podcast. Until next time. <laughs>